Test, are we ready? Ooh, nice. Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Nice, it's awesome to see you guys. Uh, I've missed you guys. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go to the first song, if we can. Oh, do I switch it here? If not, we're singing from memory. <laughs> I think I can switch it here too. Maybe. Here we go. All right, we'll see how this works. <clears throat> bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with love. There is only one God, there is only one King, there is only one body, that is why we can sing. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with love. Welcome, everyone. It's good to see you this morning, whether you're here or if you're watching online. We're, th- we're just thankful that you're gathering with us. I, I just want to uh, give a, a real quick shout-out to everyone who uh, participated in or helped with our Drive Boo Trunk or Treat last night. It was, uh, I think, in my mind, a, a really big success. For those of you who weren't able to be there, we had about 21 cars all lined up in the front and the back, and we had over 250 people come through. We actually ran out of candy, which I think uh, other churches who were doing something similar did as well. But it was, it was just a huge uh, blessing. So uh, again, thank you for, for your support in that. It was just really good to do something uh, that involved the community and uh, make sure uh, we thank the people who, who were responsible for that. Uh, as we continue in our worship this morning, let's go to the Father in prayer. Please bow with me. <clears throat> Father God, in a time where we do feel isolated, when we feel separated, I pray that you would bind us together, that we might realize that though uh, we are apart more than maybe we're used to or comfortable with, that we are bound together by your love, by your grace, and by the eternal hope that you have given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, as we, as we just become aware of your presence here with us, and as we uh, gather together with one another, God, I, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds, that you would let, um, just let any barriers be taken down uh, in our hearts, any, any thoughts of, you know, wanting things to be different, uh, that those would go away, also that we can be aware of your presence 
and that we might worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. So help us as we, as we approach your throne this morning to just be aware of your goodness and your greatness and how we are bound together uh, by your love and by your grace. We pray this in your name. Amen. It doesn't look like it's me. Is that you, Chris? <laughs> well, that's the next one. <laughs> Am I clicking through these or someone else? <laughs> I can click through them if we want. Kyle. All right. I haven't seen these yet. These are cool. Was there a contest? Okay, good, good. How many cars do we have? 21. 21? Nice. I feel like there should be like music in the background or something. (laughs) Should we sing a song in the background? (laughs) Wow. These are creative. <laughs> Did I miss it? How many people came through? Uh, over 200. Over 200. Wow. I think we're on to the... Did that go automatically or am I clicking the next? Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, O oh, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, 
You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Oh, my bad. Well, go and go to the next one. <laughs> I missed the last part. Getting rusty. I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. So light the fire in my soul, and fan the flame, make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been, so light the fire in my heart again. I feel your arms around me as the power of your healing begins. You breathe new life right through me. Like a mighty rushing wind, so light the fire in my soul, and fan the flame, make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been, so light the fire in my heart again. So light the fire in my soul And fan the flame, make me whole Lord, you know where I've been So light the fire in my heart again Amen On bended knee I come, with a humble heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne, lifting holy hands to you as I pledge my love anew. I worship you in spirit, I worship
worship you in truth. Make my life a holy praise unto you. On bended knee I come, with a broken heart I come, bowing down before your holy throne. As I look upon your face, show your mercy and your grace. Change my life, O Holy Spirit, make me fresh and ever new. Make my life a holy sacrifice to you. morning. Uh, the scripture reading this morning is found in Galatians chapter 5. We'll be reading verses 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Thank you, Greg, for providing our scripture reading this morning. Maybe I'll con- Hey, there we go. All right. Uh, we are continuing our series that we started a couple of weeks ago on uh, things that I learned in Sunday school. Everything I need to know I learned in Sunday school. Uh, I, I've actually really enjoyed this series. I really enjoyed Kyle's lesson last week. Uh, it kind of hit home for me in a lot of ways and was a, a good introduction to the week. It kind of gave us marching orders for what it means to be uh, light in the world, to walk with this little light of mine shining. Um, this morning, uh, we're going to continue this series, but before we do, uh, Jesse had asked a really appropriate question. Was there kind of a decorating contest for our cars, and there was. Uh, we had a little tally running at the back of the parking lot at the end of the line. Lorinda was keeping track of who won, uh, and I want to announce this morning that uh, we're going to be giving a very prestigious and uh, wonderful trophy to our winners. Uh, this was not made in my garage using a die-cast car cut with a Dremel and then placed on top of two pieces of wood with poles. This is a prestigious trophy. Um, I want to let you know that this is, I have great intentions for this. Uh, it may look small and, and nothing-ish now. I want this to become the Stanley, Stanley Cup of uh, uh, trunk-or-treat trophies. And so the, the goal is to add a little plaque here on the front and then add a base on the bottom, and we're going to add plaques every year for the individuals that win. And so the winner this year gets to take this home, but only for a year. And if you didn't participate this year, you have no opportunity to take this home with you today. But if you participate next year, you could take it home with you 
next year, and we'll add your name to it, and you'll become a long, uh, one, one member in a long line of prestigious award winners. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, I do want to go ahead and announce the winner of the trophy, although I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about this this morning. So David Crump is going to be accepting the award, but I actually, I want to say, I think it was Danielle that did all the work on their trunk. And so I will present David the award this morning, uh, but it's, it's really Danielle's award. So there is uh, this trophy that I'll give you, after, unless you want to come up right now. I don't know if we can do that with protocol. We're going to say no. He's going to get this after service. There is the trophy, and then there is $20 for Coffee Cat. And so... Uh, if you don't like coffee uh, and you plan to participate next year, give us a heads up and maybe we'll get you a different gift card. But uh, if you don't like coffee, maybe we need to talk about bigger, more important things. So uh, all of that said, we did have a competition. It went really well. Uh, lots of people turned out with beautifully decorated cars. Uh, more importantly, we served, uh, we, we guess, somewhere around 250 children in our community. Uh, and there were more adults and, and families involved than just that. Uh, but we gave out more candy than we had originally started with. Uh, we got to greet a lot of uh, families as they came through. Uh, we got a lot of thanks for making Halloween something special for the kids that were not going to be able to trick-or-treat this year. Um, so all of that set aside, uh, let's begin our sermon this morning with a prayer. Our Father in heaven, we want to be light in our world, as Kyle challenged us last week. We want to be uh, people who are spreading good news uh, to the, the people around us. And Father, we pray this morning that you help us to be that. We thank you for opportunities that we have to do just that, uh, to think creatively, uh, to keep our community safe, to bless one another, and to bless uh, our neighbors, our friends and neighbors. Help us to love each other, and help us to love them, and help us to love you well. It's all this that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to talk about one of my children's favorite Sunday school songs. This is uh, a scripture memorization song, although if you look at just the first verse, you wouldn't think it. And so I want to I sing through it this morning. If you don't know it, that's okay. It will get stuck in your head by the time that we're done with it. Um, we have to sing it multiple times. I have to warn you, give you fair warning, and I'm going to call on some of you to shout out a particular item. The song that we're looking at, oh boy, we're jumping way back there. Please pardon our technical difficulties. All right. And there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're doing the song The Fruit of the Spirit this morning, and if you don't know this song, you will by the end of it. All right. This is how it goes. The fruit of the Spirit's not an apple. The fruit of the Spirit's not an apple. If you want to be an apple, you might as well forget it. It can't be a fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, you guys get the gist of it? Okay. Now, here's how the rest of the song works. We're going to say, the fruit of the Spirit's not a, uh, and then I'm going to call on Kyle, and Kyle's going to shout out a fruit, and we're going to sing it with that fruit inserted, okay? The fruit of the Spirit's not a banana. banana. The fruit of the Spirit's not a banana. 
If you want to be a banana, you might as well forget it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit's not a Josh in the back. Orange. The fruit of the Spirit's not an orange. If you want to be an orange, you might as well forget it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit's not a... Jeff. Kumquat. The fruit of the Spirit's not a kumquat. If you want to be a kumquat, you might as well forget it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Any others? Tomato. Tomato. Okay, there you go. The fruit of the Spirit's not a tomato. The fruit of the Spirit's not a tomato. If you want to be a tomato, you might as well forget it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you're really big on Sunday school, you have to do it so many times. And each time you get just a little bit faster until like everyone's falling over because they're out of breath from singing the various fruit of the Spirit. This is easily one of my favorite current Sunday school songs, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about why this morning. Um, Lots of Sunday school songs walk us through learning a particular story in the Bible or a concept of Scripture. Uh, Some songs teach us, you know, excerpts of of Scripture. This song actually teaches kids a really difficult-to-memorize list. And once you've learned this song, it's really hard to forget this list. And so, as a parent, it's been really valuable in that as we're going through our day and talking about, you know, how we're behaving, what we're doing, how we're treating other people, it's really easy to jump into this list and share with my kids, hey, are you practicing patience? Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Sometimes I need to learn that particular one. Uh, maybe we're talking about you know, self-control and how we shouldn't do the things that we want to do just because we want to do them. There might be an appropriate time and place for it, but we need to show self-control and recognize the appropriate moment to do a thing. And so we'll sing through the song, Love, Joy, Peace, Patience, Kindness, Goodness, Faithfulness, Gentleness, and Self-Control. And we re- reiterate these items over and over and over again. And they come from a scripture that was read to us this morning. Uh, Greg read to us from Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. My kids have that memorized, and it's a, a really good feeling for me as a parent that they can spout off the fruit of the Spirit. Notice what Paul says, against such things, there is no law. In other words, if you're living in this way, if you're living the fruit of the Spirit, there is nothing that can be held against you. You're not guilty of anything when you live the fruit of the Spirit. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and desires. You see, just before this list, Paul has another list, and that list contains a bunch of things that are the, the way of the flesh, the way that people live when they, when they are not living in the Spirit. And for me, these two contrasting lists help to remind me that there is life in Christ, and then there's everything else. Now, it doesn't mean that people who are apart from Christ can't live with joy or peace or self-control. Those things are things people can practice on their own. But the other things have to die away if we're going to be a part of the body of Christ. The other list, the one that comes before, and I'd encourage you to go read the rest of Galatians chapter 5, specifically the, the section that comes before about what life in the flesh looks like, to familiarize yourself with that list. Those things have to die away in order for our life to be conformed completely to the life in the Spirit. It's easy for me to say I've known patient people who are not living life in the Spirit. It's easy for me to point out that I know people who are gentle, who don't live life in the Spirit, or to say that I know individuals who have love in their heart for others who don't have life in the Spirit. But this is a pretty comprehensive list. And Paul's suggestion to us is that apart from the Spirit, we can't master this list. I want to take a look at some, some more of the scriptures and how they talk about this idea of fruitfulness and the Spirit. In James chapter 1, verse 16, James actually tells us that we are fruit. He says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. This, this theme of fruit in the New Testament is something that pops up over and over and over again. Jesus likes to use uh, agricultural metaphors. He talks about scattering seed and harvesting, and, and he talks about weeding, and he talks about planting and sowing and reaping. It's language that Jesus uses a lot. He specifically calls himself, in a passage we're going to look at in a moment, the, the vine. And he talks about the branches on the vine and fruitfulness there. Here, James is telling us that we, as Christians, are first fruits. That we are first fruits in Christ. That means that we should, in some way, reflect the fruitfulness or fruitiness of the Spirit in our lives. That, in fact, our lives are supposed to be conformed to the qualities that come from the the branch we're grafted onto. But Jesus also tells us that we're supposed to be fruitful. Not just that we're fruit, but that we are supposed to be fruitful. In James chapter 15, verses 1 through 4a, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean 
because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And so we have this extension of the fruit metaphor here, this idea that not only are we fruit, but we are supposed to bear fruit. We've been given a list of things that the fruit of the Spirit is within our lives, and then we've been told that we're supposed to be fruit, and now we're being told that we're supposed to bear fruit, and it may get a little confusing. We have all these different things that happen here, but I want to I focus on how Jesus closes this particular passage. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. we're given a really clear indication here that the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live is not possible apart from him. This list that we're given, these fruit of the Spirit, these fun song, you know, words that we get to clap along with as we sing the song, they're all well and good on their own, but if they're not working in harmony with one another, if they're not directed by the Spirit we're immediately going to fall back into the first list. We're going to fall into this list in Galatians chapter 5 that talks about sinfulness, unkindness, gossiping, a lack of self-control, self-indulgence even. Jesus wants us to know that we need him in order to live the way that God intends for us to live. That's not to say, again, that people outside of Christ can't exhibit some of these qualities. Sometimes I think that there are people outside of Christ who can exhibit some of these qualities better than the people who are in Christ. There are definitely people in the world who are more loving than I am who don't claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that is not a testament against Jesus. It's a testament against me and my willingness to yield to the Spirit in my life. I want to challenge us this morning. You see, the, the list is all well and good, but sometimes we like to make substitutions. You know, I know that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Could it just be like the fruit of the Spirit is liking people. And then I get to choose who I like. The fruit of the Spirit is not patience. The fruit of the Spirit is impatience. Because I'm impatient. And it would be much easier if the fruit of the Spirit were impatience. Because then I don't have to change. I don't have to yield. I don't have to be different than I already am. What I like most about this song as ridiculous as it is to think that the fruit of the Spirit might be an apple or an orange or a grape or a banana or a pear or a plum or a kumquat or a tomato, none of that is the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul is telling us in Galatians something very specific and very clear. There, there is a very narrow definition of what the fruit of the Spirit is. Accept no substitutions. And the song tells us, accept no substitutions. 
If you want to put something else in there, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. Forget it. If you read through that list and you find a quality in your life that you're continually holding on to and it's not in that list, it might be time to let it go. Patience is a difficult one for me. I have a lot of trouble being patient with my children. Ask my son Micah, he'll tell you I'm not always very patient in the way that I should be. I'm not always very self-controlled. I struggle to be kind. Paul tells us that he finds that there's this war within him, that there's the ways in which he knows he is supposed to act, the ways that he desires to behave, but he can't do them. And at the same time, there is these things that he knows he shouldn't find himself involved in, and yet he does those things. He calls himself a wretched man, right? This war that wages within him. We find ourselves fighting that same war. And we need something to draw our mind back to, to center ourselves on a reality that is beyond ourselves because we don't have the ability to produce fruit within ourselves. We have to be tended to by a gardener. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, I think a lot of us go around in our lives trying to produce fruit on our own. We try to be the one that not only is the branch, but is also tending the branch, and we can't do that. That's not what we're called to. We are called to be the ones who bear fruit when we are tended to by the gardener, when we are tended to by the vine. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you, if you go through this list of, of items that are called the fruit of the Spirit and you find that you aren't living up to it, and you find that there are a lot of things in your life that maybe shouldn't be there that are in direct competition with the fruit of the Spirit, it might be time to sit down with the gardener and ask for some help. It might be time to seek some attention, to ask him to produce fruit in you. As I've done the last few weeks, I want to I kind of move things into the black and white here. This is Romans 8, verse 9 through 11. It says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. This is Paul telling his readers how it should be. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Now, I want to be clear. Paul is telling us about a physical resurrection that's going to happen, but he's also telling us that there is life in those who have received the Spirit. And life in Scripture is not just talking about walking and breathing. It's not talking about the animation of our limbs. It's not talking about the synapses that fire between our ears. It is talking about a particular quality of being that can only come from God. 
And Paul is saying, if the Spirit dwells in you, you have life. But if he doesn't, you're dead. Now, yeah, your mortal body, that's going to experience the resurrection. But you've already been resurrected spiritually. And if you continue to live like a dead man, where is the evidence of the Spirit in your life? That is the challenge that Paul has laid down at our feet. And that's a challenge that I'm not entirely sure I'm always ready to answer. I want to ask you a few things. Or actually, I want to say a few things. Uh, four, four items that I think maybe we need to dwell on this week. The first is this. We don't decide what the fruit is. It's, it's not a grab bag. We don't get to say, well, I'm going to pick a little of this, and then I'm also going to add some other stuff in. Uh, it's not like a buffet. It's like when Lorenda serves my children dinner. What they get on their plate is what they get on their plate. They don't get to pick other things to put on there. Emma may want to place bubblegum on her plate because she'd really like for that to be part of her dinner. The dinner is either what God has told you it is, or it's nothing. The fruit of the Spirit is not something we decide. Because these are, these are qualities that are a part of the image of God. These are qualities that are themselves godliness. And we are being remade into his image. And there is a danger, there is a temptation on our part to want to remake God in our image so that the fruit of the Spirit is whatever we want it to be. And it can't be a fruit of the Spirit if the Spirit isn't within you. You can't remake God in your image. He remakes you in his image. This morning, I, I, wanna, I want us to think very long and hard about this. We don't decide what the fruit is. You may not like it. It may feel uncomfortable. You may struggle to fulfill it. But if God is unchanging, and his qualities and his nature are unchanging the fruit that he desires to bear in our lives is also unchanging. And we don't get to negate items in that list. We must be fruit. If you go through that list and you, you uh, insert your names, you know we do that with the, the wedding verse sometimes. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast. Well, if you go ahead and put your name before each one of those, instead of the word love, Chris is patient, Chris is kind, Chris does not envy, Chris does not boast. We could do that with the fruit of the Spirit as well. And if you can't put your name before one of those fruit, it's time to work on that area in your life, to ask God to fulfill within you his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, his self-control, his love at the beginning there. It's interesting that Paul uses both of those lists that have so many of the same things, and he starts this one with love, but the other one, love is these things. Paul's really consistent in his belief that these are the qualities that come from God that Christians should be practicing. And if you are not practicing them, it's time to start practicing them. It's time to start yielding to the Spirit to allow these fruits to be born in your life. We must bear fruit 
And we only bear fruit when we are fruit. If you're not loving, if you're not kind, if you're not patient, if you're not gentle, if you're not self-controlled, other people will see you're lacking these qualities. And they will recognize that you are not walking in the Spirit. And they will want nothing to do with what you call your faith. You can't bear fruit if you're not willing to be fruit. And this final thought here. We cannot do either of these on our own. I know I've said this multiple times in the sermon this morning. We cannot do either of these things on our own. You cannot be fruit of the Spirit without the guidance of the Spirit. And you cannot bear the fruit of the Spirit without the guidance of the Spirit. This is the black and white. This is where the rubber meets the road. And this week, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to practice being the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to go to work. For some of you, you're going to go to work. You're going to be sitting on the other end of a Zoom call. You're going to be in your classroom, which is, for us, our dinner table. You're going to be in, uh, in a lot of different situations this week where you're going to have the opportunity to Either be kind or unkind. You're going to have a lot of opportunities this week to either be patient or impatient. You're going to have a lot of opportunities this week to either practice self-control or be out of control. I want to challenge you this week to yield to the Spirit, to meditate on the thoughts that we find in Galatians chapter 5, to ask yourself, am I living life in the Spirit, or am I just the same old dead body that I was before? That's what Paul wants us to hear. That's the challenge he lays at our feet. Either we are dead or alive, but we can't be something in between. We're either rotten flesh, or we are spiritual fruit. And that's where Paul leaves us. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, this is a silly, goofy song that we sing in Sunday school. And yet, in so many ways, it challenges us to really consider whether or not we have taken our faith far enough. Are we trying to shout out what we want the fruit of the Spirit to be? Or are we listening and yielding to your will? Are we fighting against the guidance of your spirit in uh, areas of our lives that, that we're just not comfortable being more like you? Or are we in full submission to your guidance? And Father, I pray this morning for each person that's here, for everyone that's worshiping online with us today, for, for those who are... Uh, not feeling well and, and are far off, I pray that we would yield. Because we can't choose what the fruit of the Spirit is. And if we, if we try to substitute, if we make substitutions, we are living less than you have called us to live. But you've given us some really clear indicators. You've given us some really, really open guidelines 
things that help us to, to focus, to narrow ourselves down, but also to think broadly about what it means to be your people. Because, God, there are so many ways that we can love others. There are so many ways that we can be patient with others. There are so many ways we can be kind with others. There are so many ways we can be gentle with others. God, we have so much opportunity to be fruit of the Spirit. And we pray this week that we don't throw it away. Help us to recognize as you guide us. Help us to feel the movement of the Spirit in our lives. Help us to yield. Because, Father, we know that the other way is death. And we want life. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his death on the cross. We thank you for his resurrection. We thank you for the way that that gives us hope for eternity, both here and, and in eternity. And we pray that we are good reflections of that this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So really quick, to wrap up this series, the first week we talked about Jesus loving us. He loves you, he loves me, and he loves everyone outside these walls. Second week we talked about Zacchaeus, and we talked about the idea that, that Jesus loved Zacchaeus, that he, he called him by name, and changed his life, that he walked away, from, Zacchaeus walks away from Jesus completely changed. Last week, we talked about being light to our world, and Kyle, Kyle challenged us to go be light to our world, to shine our light wherever we go. This week, we're talking about what that light looks like in our lives. Jesus loves us. That should change us. It should cause us to shine brightly, and if we don't know how we're supposed to shine, Shine by the Spirit. Do that this week. Go and love your neighbors. Shine your light. Help to change lives in the name of Christ. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to stand and sing. If you have a need of the church, we invite you to, to find someone at the back of the room uh, who will uh, pray with you, visit with you. Um, otherwise, let's just stand and we'll sing. O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great. forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees when I look down 
from lofty mountains grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art and when i think that god is son not sparing sent him to die i scarce can take it in and on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art when christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art amen you may see this next song let's start preparing our hearts and our minds for communion Excuse me. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly birth? Because he loved me so. precious life for me for me because he loved me so all right i guess i didn't know that as well as i thought we can go to the go to the next slide well you guys know it so you gotta sing louder that's all that means 
Okay. Um, why did he drink the bitter cup of sorrow, pain, and woe? Why on the cross be lifted up? Because he loved me so. Precious life for me, for me, because he loved me so. Till Jesus comes, I'll sing his praise, and then to glory go, and reign with him through endless days. He loved me so. Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. This is a familiar passage. Many of you may have it memorized, but I would like for us to look at some of the detail that's there this morning. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Some translations use uh, the term emptied. He emptied himself. And it's hard for us to to imagine what that means, he, he emptied himself. And I'm not sure I could ever understand what that means, um, what actually happened in that moment in time. Uh, scripture tries to explain it in terms that we can understand, but my mind is a little feeble when it comes to understanding exactly what it, what it might mean. This is the highest of all when it comes to demonstrations of humility because that's what this is. He emptied himself, a demonstration of humility. Jesus laid aside equality with God and divine, being divine has its privileges. At least that may be how we look at it. 
having privileges. No beginning, no end. Eternal. Not subject to time or decay or death. Exposing himself to sin and corruption and temptation. Why would he subject him subject himself to limitate to the limitations of being a human being? When he came, he came not just as any man, he came as the son of a poor family. No wealth, no notoriety. His humility included uh, poverty. That's something uh, that not everybody experiences, especially not us in the United States. No formal education, no political power. That's not what we would expect. Instead, he came as a servant. Some scripture says a slave. We sometimes think that uh, when we leave this life, uh, we need to leave a legacy. And I think about uh, what was said at Emil's funeral this weekend. Emil left a legacy of a prayer list. Uh, I was impressed by that. Jesus' legacy, though, is a life of service. We get that from Scripture. He said of himself, I came to serve, not to be served. And he wasn't above taking the garbage out, uh, setting the table, and washing feet. Again, his life was a life of service. And then it talks about obedience. Uh, If it were me, my way would have been a position of authority. Uh, Jesus subjected himself, though, to others. He was obedient to his parents. He was obedient to Jewish law, God's plan. He was obedient to Roman law, right? We think about our civil law. He was obedient to Roman law, the law of the land. And his obedience led him to the cross. Our obedience doesn't necessarily lead us to the cross, but his did. And his was an attitude of not my will, but your will, Father. This was Jesus, a picture of Jesus and a picture of humility. Would you pray with me as we think about uh, the bread this morning? Father, we're thankful that Jesus came. We're thankful that he emptied himself. We're thankful that he was humble enough to come to this world, to live in human form, and to be obedient, Father, to you, to be obedient uh, enough that he would lay down his life in order to be the sacrifice that we need, Father. We need him. Father, we're thankful for this bread that reminds us of his body that was given as a sacrifice on the cross. Be with us as we partake. We pray through your son. Amen.
there are many images of Jesus in Scripture, but mostly images that remind us of his humility. Riding on a donkey, that's not what we would consider um, a glorious undertaking. And Scripture uh, also describes him as the Lamb of God. Sometimes lion, but mostly Lamb of God. And that means something to us, doesn't it? It means that he sacrificed himself. Um, It was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what John says. Jesus became our sacrifice. It's his blood that provides atonement for us. Again, would you pray with me as we think about his blood and the atonement that we have through him? Father, we're thankful for your son. We're thankful that he came and died. Father, we're thankful that it was his blood given in order that we might live. Father, help us to think on these as we partake this morning. We pray through Jesus. Amen. There is a passage that says, no student is greater than their teacher. And it's not, a, not, and it is enough for us to be like them. And certainly, uh, we'll never surpass our teacher, especially when it comes to humility or service. Uh, but there are ways that we can serve, and of course, one of those ways to serve is to give. And uh, there are various ways that you can give if you would like. Uh, You can uh, give by uh, leaving your contribution in an envelope and taking it to the office, but you can also give online. I just want to remind you of that. Let's stand and sing for this last song. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. 
you are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy Again, we want to thank you so much uh, for being here. It's good to see you all. I just want to remind us of a a few announcements, a few things going on. First of all, uh, our small groups uh, have started this last week, and we want to encourage all of you to be involved in a small group in some way. Of course, right now we have various formats. You can be in a small group that meets only online through Zoom. You can be in a small group that meets here at the church building, and we have designated rooms for each small group. You can be in a small group that meets in someone's home. And what we really want to impress upon everyone is that this is a vital way for us to be involved in this congregation and growing together. We, of course, love coming together on Sunday morning, but the, the elders want you to know that They believe you will grow the most when you're connecting daily and weekly with other people and going, sharing your lives together, studying scriptures together. So we encourage you all to be involved in a small group. If you want to learn more about that, talk to Chris or talk to Don. We also want to let you know that there are lots of ways you can get involved here on Sunday morning. Now that we're meeting again together, there are some roles that we need some help filling. Some people are not ready to come back to the building yet, and so we need some more people who are willing to help. You can help by reading scripture. You can help by being an usher or a greeter or many other ways, and if you're interested in that, again, talk to Chris or myself. Uh, We'd love to get more people involved in in helping uh, our Sunday service run smoothly. And then finally, uh, we want to remind everyone that uh, as we dismiss... uh, what we're supposed to do is have, you know, the ushers will 